Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? Hello, hardworking Americans. Thanks for tuning in to The Shrewsbury Show. I am your host, Colleen Shrewsbury. Well, it took about 50 years, but it seems that Hollywood has finally begun to learn its lesson. They are slowly moving into the right direction. So let's just keep on praying that they finally get the whole picture. Since the Me Too movement took hold of Hollywood, the industry has finally been smacked in the face with reality that you can't just peddle filth and never be subject to the consequences of desacralizing sex. Hat tip Washington Examiner, quote, A union representing film and television actors announced it would collaborate with intimacy coordinators to develop safe and appropriate standards for sex scenes as a guard against sexual harassment. The guidelines will dictate what is and is not acceptable in regards to on-set nudity and simulated sex, according to the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Uh, here's a suggestion. How about not putting sex or nudity in movies at all? That way you won't have to worry about people who can't seem to tell the difference between pretend and reality. Kaylee McGee, who wrote this article, she argues that it's all well and fine that Hollywood has taken legal precautions to reduce the future risk of sexual harassment and assault in the industry, but that they must stop relying on sex to sell movies, which she says would be like asking bars to endorse prohibition. I kind of disagree with her a little bit because I say when you encourage sexual behavior and are willing to pretend to engage in sexual behavior on camera, it logically follows that some may think that you're willing to do so off camera as well. And I think that given enough time, Hollywood will figure out that what once sold their movies is now their downfall and that they need to produce more appropriate entertainment. I, for one, used to love to go to the movies. I would go to matinees all the time. It was just my thing. My favorite genre was the political and history-themed movies, but then I discovered the political bias of Hollywood and completely lost interest. And that's another big reason for the loss in ticket sales. People just want to go to the movies and be entertained in an acceptable, appropriate fashion. They are not interested in the political spin and propaganda of the upper echelons of Hollywood. This should be evident to Hollywood since Christian films like I Can Only Imagine, God's Not Dead, Miracles from Heaven, and Heaven is for Real all did better box office sales than some of these supposed major blockbusters of the last two years. Superhero and Disney movies tend to do better than the typically sexually explicit movies Hollywood tends to produce as well. You'd think that this would start ringing some bells in Hollywood, but that is a town full of some pretty thick skulls. I suppose you could say some Hollywood folks got the hint a little while after Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ, because in 2004, that movie grossed almost $400 million. And adjusted for inflation, in 2019 dollars, that would be over $500 million. Oh, wait, and by the way, 
in Easter 2020. Mel Gibson is releasing his follow-up to The Passion of the Christ with The Passion of the Christ, The Resurrection. I, for one, am very excited to see it. I actually thought that it was going to be coming out this year, and I was very disappointed to find out that I was going to have to wait another year to see it, but I definitely have it marked on my calendar. And Jim Caviezel will be playing the role of Jesus again. And that reminds me of something else. Jim Caviezel is such a phenomenal actor. And it, it really is a shame that he and other actors like him are overlooked for roles because they are unwilling to degrade themselves by participating in sex scenes. It really seems like in order to get a job in Hollywood, you have to be willing to portray either extreme violence or be willing to remove every item of clothing for all the world to see. It's absolutely disgusting the way these people get away with nonsense like that. I'm curious to know how many people out there with incredible talent have been overlooked for roles or decided not to become an actor altogether because they know that at this point it would be a lost cause. Virtuous people seem to be forbidden in Hollywood. I could be wrong about this, but I think that it's very possible that the reason for so much sex and violence in movies is because, number one, they seem to be under the impression that sex sells. And number two, they need violence for some sort of excitement and adventure in a movie in order to keep somebody's attention. But think about this, the golden age of Hollywood. There were not any movies, as far as I know, in that period of time with excessive nudity or violence. And they called that the golden age of Hollywood for a reason. People actually could admire the actors in Hollywood. It was... Just what everybody did on the weekend, you went to see a movie on Friday or Saturday night and kids were, you know, more than welcome in the movie theaters. Parents had no problem with sending their kids to the theaters because they felt reasonably confident that whatever they were going to see was appropriate for a child their age. And I think that these people who produce all of these movies with nothing but filth, they really have no creative ability. And they insult the intelligence of us viewers. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel that I could be completely entertained without sex or violence in a movie. There is no reason that they should think that we're all going to just cater to our carnal baser instincts to think that only sex is entertaining. I mean, come on. I mean... Come up with some creativity, people, here. I mean, all the great classic movies are mostly from that golden age of Hollywood. Two of my most favorite movies are State Fair and Meet Me in St. Louis, neither one of which has any sort of vulgarity in them. They were both produced in the 1940s, by the way. And they're absolutely excellent movies, still regarded as classics today. If we want to shift gears back to the political aspect of Hollywood, it hasn't always been Democrats only, no Republicans allowed. In fact, entertainers on both sides of the aisle could talk about their views publicly and still get work the next day. As far as I know, Bing Crosby was a staunch Republican. 
He campaigned for Wendell Wilkie, the 1940 Republican nominee for president. He believed strongly that a president should serve no more than two terms, and FDR was running for his third term. And this was before the 22nd Amendment that limits the president to two terms. Just as an aside, the 22nd Amendment was ratified February 27, 1951. Despite being openly Republican, Bing Crosby continued on as one of the most successful actors, singers, entertainers of all time. And he continues to remain so to this day. And who could forget John Wayne? He never cared one bit what anybody thought of his politics. I think John Wayne was perhaps the most politically outspoken person in Hollywood, a man who was as patriotic as they come and not ashamed of his country. He was proud of his country, proud to be American. None of this ever precluded him from any role. In fact, he defined the Western genre. I would even go so far as to say that John Wayne was in a genre all his own. And to this day, he remains the favorite actor of so many And when people think of America, they think John Wayne. I would argue that maybe even because of his outspoken politics and his love for America, people loved him and his movies sold. Do you know that he was so outspoken and so influential that Joseph Stalin wanted him killed? He actually sent two KGB officers to pose as FBI agents to lure Wayne out of his studio office and assassinate him. Thankfully, the real FBI foiled the plot. Years later, when Wayne met Nikita Khrushchev and asked if the plot to have him killed was true, Khrushchev supposedly said that it was true and that he had rescinded the order. The three main members of the Rat Pack were all openly Republican. Frank Sinatra was a real Democrat until Lyndon Johnson took office and the party started to cater to the more radical fringe and Johnson expanded the welfare state. Sinatra campaigned for Ronald Reagan for governor of California both in 1966 and 1970 and for president in 1980. Sammy Davis Jr. supported Richard Nixon for president in 1972 and Dean Martin campaigned along with Frank Sinatra for Ronald Reagan's White House bid in 1980. Bob Hope was a Republican, too, and he didn't do too bad either. Here's a list of some other Republicans in Hollywood. You'll notice that none of these people lost their careers over their political views. Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, Charlton Heston, Clint Eastwood, Cecil B. DeMille, Clark Gable, Jimmy Stewart. And here's one you know, Ronald Reagan, Ethel Merman, Eva Gabor, Lucille Ball, Doris Day, Elvis Presley, Louis B. Mayer of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, better known as MGM, Maureen O'Hara, Mickey Rooney, Shirley Jones, Walt Disney, and Cary Grant. And I'm sure that there were plenty more who weren't liberal and whose careers never suffered for it. Hollywood was not always the clean-cut vision that we have of pictures like State Fair and Going My Way, and I was actually really surprised to find this out. Those pictures and the thousands of others produced between 1930 and 1968 were created under the guidelines of the Motion Picture Decency mandated by the Motion Picture Production Code, or more commonly known as the Hayes Code. The film industry actually began in the really late 19th century and continued, obviously, until the present day. 
1922, the standards of decency in film had all but disappeared, much to the chagrin of the viewing public. Pictures like The Sign of the Cross, Babyface, and I'm No Angel were so racy or suggestive that the public had had enough. People were shocked by the audacity of these and other movies. And on top of racy pictures off-camera, Hollywood was wrought with scandal, drugs, and murder. Really not any different than what we have today. Hollywood had to repair its image. So the studio sought out a guy named Will H. Hayes. He was a Presbyterian elder and a former postmaster general. They wanted him to create a code of decency for the studios to follow in picture production. And the proposed code was as follows. Resolved that those things which are included in the following list shall not appear in pictures produced by the members of this association, irrespective of the manner in which they are treated. No pointed profanity by either title or lip. This includes the words God, Lord, Jesus, Christ, unless they be used reverently in connection with proper religious ceremonies. Hell, damn, God, and every other profane and vulgar expression, however it may be spelled. No licentious or suggestive nudity, in fact or in silhouette, and any lecherous or licentious notice thereof by other characters in the picture. The illegal traffic in drugs, any inference of sex perversion, white slavery, miscegenation, which is interracial relationships, and obviously if the code or a similar one were reinstated, this rule would be thrown out. Sex hygiene and venereal diseases. Scenes of actual childbirth, in fact or in silhouette. Children's private parts. Ridicule of the clergy. Willful offense to any nation, race, or creed. And be it further resolved that special care be exercised in the manner in which the following subjects are treated to the end that vulgarity and suggestiveness may be eliminated and that good taste may be emphasized. The use of the flag... International relations, avoiding picturizing in an unfavorable light another country's religion, history, institutions, prominent people, and citizenry. Arson, the use of firearms, theft, robbery, safe-cracking, and dynamiting of trains, mines, buildings, etc. Brutality and possible gruesomeness. Technique of committing murder by whatever method. Methods of smuggling, third-degree methods, actual hangings or electrocutions as legal punishment for crime, sympathy for criminals, attitude toward public characters and institutions, sedition, apparent cruelty to children and animals, branding of people or animals, the sale of women or of a woman selling her virtue, rape or attempted rape, first night scenes, man and woman in bed together, deliberate seduction of girls, the institution of marriage, surgical operations, the use of drugs, Titles or scenes having to do with law enforcement or law enforcing officers. And excessive or lustful kissing, particularly when one character or the other is a, quote, heavy. The Golden Age of Hollywood ran from about 1915 to the early 60s. Some people think that the Golden Age ended because of the demise of the studio system, rising production costs, and competition from television. But I don't think that that's the only reason. Up until the 60s, America was a relatively conservative nation, both politically and socially, and Hollywood began to push the limits of morality in film in the 50s, and especially in the 60s. Once they weren't limited by the Hays Code anymore, movies became more violent and sexually explicit. I never saw it, but I remember a lot of talk about the racy film with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I think it was somewhere in the 90s, like 
1998 or something like that. It was called Eyes Wide Shut. Cable television networks like HBO defied the limits of morality with shows like Sex and the City that were basically pornography with a storyline and that later became movies with the same level of degradation as the TV show. I think if Hollywood took a look at ticket sales during and after the Hayes Code, they might think differently about their business model. Movies like Some Like It Hot pushed the limits and made the Hayes Code pretty much defunct. Pictures became more and more questionable until the late 1960s, when the code was pretty much impossible to enforce. And it was abandoned altogether in favor of the motion picture rating system that we have today. And even that system has become more and more lax over the years. They rate movies PG or PG-13 when they should probably be rated R. Or they rate something R when it probably shouldn't have even been produced in the first place. Some people think that the abandonment of the Hayes Code was the best thing that Hollywood ever did. Because ticket sales went up after that. But I don't think that that's a good long-term business model. I think that they took that to mean that this is the only thing that sells. But... Ticket sales started to go down, especially in the early 2000s, and they have been steadily declining ever since. I understand that correlation is not causation, and it might not necessarily be solely due to sexually explicit movies, but I would imagine that it has something to do with it, at the very least. I suppose that there are a number of factors contributing, like... Fewer movie theaters, higher ticket prices, competition from online streaming services and other things. But I don't think you can discount the fact that conservative Americans have been avoiding Hollywood like the plague for years because of the political slant of virtually every movie and the explicit sexual content. I'm positive that I am not the only person who has no interest in movies that I'd be ashamed to watch with my mother. And pick a political issue, any issue, and you'll see it in the movies. Republican presidents are rarely depicted in the movies, and when they are, they are mocked and their character assassinated, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln. But somehow it seems to me that they gloss over the fact that he was a Republican. A lot of people actually don't know that to this day. They think that Abraham Lincoln was a Democrat. Pictures showing historical events are often twisted and mangled beyond recognition. Sexual immorality is applauded and glorified in pictures. Nudity is at an all-time high. And worst of all, God and Christianity, along with any sense of morality, are maligned. No one wants to pay to go to the movies to be told that they're an antiquated bigot. I can only imagine what the movies about Donald Trump's presidency will be like. Dinesh D'Souza said about a year or so ago that he's trying to move into the dramatic area of film rather than just documentaries. So Dinesh, if you're out there somewhere listening or someone can bend his ear, I suggest that you beat leftist Hollywood to the punch on the Trump movie, especially the Spygate scandal. People tend to believe the first thing that they hear, so it is important that we get out ahead of this and get the truth out about what happened. If we want to see real and true change in Hollywood and in our entertainment industry, vote with your feet. Vote with your wallet. Don't attend movies that are overly violent or full of sexual filth. Go to movies that are appropriate. Perhaps someday Hollywood will understand that it is the inappropriateness of their movies that causes them to lose money.